people asked me to repeat the announcement of Milakan Tsirinpoche's teaching this weekend. So he will be teaching in at the Craneway, the Nexus in Richmond. Uh, you can find it on the website, I think. Does Do you all know where it is? Craneway? Yes, that's it. So... Anyway, this will be the whole weekend, uh, starting at 9.30 to 12, and in the afternoon from 2.30 to uh, 5.30, and uh, the same on Saturday, Saturday and Sunday, both days. So it will be a more intensive uh, meditation weekend. And for those who are interested in coming and doing more meditation, Rinpoche will directly introduce them to the clear light nature of your mind. So you can see if you're interested. I just like the sound, sorry. So, can you hear me? Everybody can hear me? Without any microphone like this, yeah. Mm. Let's do it. Ah. Okay. No. And like this. Well, and with two. Okay, this one will be better. Everybody can hear. Okay. Yeah, I think I will keep like this. <laughs> so, um, we will talk about. Uh, the view, what we call the view in uh, in Tibetan Buddhism, the view is the right view to see correctly the nature of the mind. As everybody, all the sentient beings have a mind, then we need to see clearly what is the real nature of this mind. Um, as meditators, as practitioners of Buddhism, we think that there is two ways to see the mind. An ordinary way and an ultimate way. This is not about uh, the nature itself of the mind in Tibetan Buddhism, but the way you see it correctly. For example, um, there is one ball, okay, here. If I just look at this ball, I can see it's a ball. But where the name ball comes from? Where the shape ball comes from? Where this color, the color of the ball, comes from? from the mind yeah maybe it's not here but yeah everything comes from the mind because all appearances everything we see everything we hear everything we taste everything we smell all this comes from the mind so this is what we call the ordinary way to see the mind why? Why the ordinary way? Because it's something that we do all the time, that we use all the time. When you meditate, when we meditate, when we practice, it's not the correct view to just realize what is the real nature of the mind. 
So what can we use to see this ultimate nature of the mind? If we do not use the five senses and the mental consciousness, we need the tool, we need something that is mm, allows us to just see whatever is behind all this. Because all these are just um, you know, the constituents, the, the way we define the ordinary world, the ordinary universe, the ordinary way to just look at ourselves. So there is one thing we should use in order to just overcome all this um, ordinary way to see the mind. Do you know what is this thing? In Tibetan Buddhism, it's that. What? The sailing? It's the light. Not the light coming from an outer source. The inner light. The in this inner light is the basis of all the appearances. So the correct view we will try to develop in Tibetan Buddhism will be to just reach that level that is behind all the five senses and the mental consciousness. This is why we meditate. When we meditate, we just try to get to the point directly. To get to the point is just to stay here and now. But why? Why just to stay here and now? To have the opportunity to calm everything down. It means that the thoughts, the sensations, the emotions, everything that pop up in our mind, just calm down. And at that point, we are able to see something else. Something will just arise, will just pop up. And what this? The Smurfs. Something will pop up that is here all the time, but we cannot never see. Why? Oh, too many questions. Sorry. Okay, I just wait for your answer and then I try to clip this at the same time. Is it still okay? No. Yes? That's fine? No. No. Yeah? No? Yeah? No? No, yeah? This will be complicated. Okay, just <laughs> stay like this. <laughs> so, what is popping up at that time? If the ordinary way to see the mind disappears and is replaced by something else, it means that the ordinary appearances of the mind just vanish slowly. There is something that just arises which is this. Not the light coming from the light bulb. Not the light coming from the sun. The light that remains the nature of the mind. So for us, the correct way to meditate is to go through all our illusion. We say illusion, but can be real as well. But we say illusion because it's not the real nature of the mind. That's it. It's not something that is impure or pure. No. It's not something that is negative nor positive. It's something that is just 
the real ordinary nature of the mind five senses mental consciousness then when you get to a deeper point there is this that arises the real nature of the mind which is light and its real essence that is energy no this is the light try again emptiness exactly we say emptiness is the essence of the mind and light inner light is the nature of this essence and then from the light something pops up something appears which is all the appearances of the reality this that etc all the appearances can be mm, experienced by the five senses and the mental consciousness because they are the doors to experience the ordinary reality this ordinary rea reality is not negative it's just ordinary it's a daily ordinary reality but this daily ordinary reality can lead to the grasping aspect of the mind <coughs> this is mine I like this this is mine I want this this will be mine soon I don't like this oh please take it this is the normal grasping aspects of the ordinary mind it means that we are attached to this body or to its representation you know the the body we say exists most in the mental construction than in itself so it means that in in an ordinary way this body is our universe our home one day we will lose it the buddha himself said that but we still think that we have to do everything for this body which is normal you know uh, we cannot meditate if we do not have this body so it can help us as well to reach enlightenment enlightenment you know to see the light so the main thing when you meditate and this is really crucial i mean in tibetan buddhism but in other kinds as well is that one never should think that there is a reality to run away from and there is a reality to just go to because this will be the end of all sufferings no if everything comes from the mind then ordinary reality and ultimate reality are both living together so we cannot go somewhere because it's our mind and we cannot leave something behind because it's our mind this is really important when one wants to meditate one has to remember all the time that there is nothing to live nothing to gain because everything is just right here right now 
just like this in one instance in one instance there can be ordinary way to see the reality mine or the ultimate way to see the reality which is free of concepts in these two cases the first one just see this ball okay it's like I'm just watching like this and the second one is I can see the globality I can see the entire realm of the reality it's just a question of focus focusing onto the ultimate nature or the ordinary nature and in the end when you reach a point a really deep point in the meditation there is something that is quite strange because these two realities just join and then there is something else than this usual duality of the mind when we grasp when we say I don't want this because it will create suffering for me or when on the opposite we say I want this because I really need that you know it's something that is so important for me then these two are just extreme we want all the time and I guess it's normal we want all the time happiness and we do not want to suffer but the thing we forget all the time is that maybe the suffering is not what we think about is not what we think suffering is and happiness as well is maybe not what we think happiness is so everything is about having new glasses and to clean it very important it's what we call the correct view on the nature of the mind or the nature of the reality so what this brings us if it's not happiness if it's not suffering what can we get you know you know I just meditate and then okay then I just meditate then okay so if somebody just asks me why you meditate well why not we meditate not of course there is secondary effects you know in the meditation mm, there is this quiet state of mind there is this um joy there is this love compassion and so forth that arises but why we meditate because we are following buddha and buddha just wanted to know the truth why it's like this you know when buddha just went out of this palace everything was here for him you know he had a really wonderful wife really wonderful boy his name was rahula which means obstacle <laughs> he had everything a palace a really nice father etc etc and yet you know he just faced the reality outside of his palace which was for the buddha do you remember the first one sickness yeah second one 
old age. Third one, death. Fourth one, the solution. He just met a monk, a yogi. Some texts say yogi. And he just thought, okay, there is all these, you know, all these sufferings everywhere. Now I know that. But there is also maybe the solution to get out of this. Can you imagine? We learn all this, you know, with, the, with aging. I mean, we do not learn all this just like this, at once. The Buddha did. Can you imagine the, the shock he had when, re when he realized, you know, nothing was the paradise he was living in. But he realized also that if suffering is almost everywhere, there is also a door to get out. This door is to see clearly what is the nature of suffering. And what is the nature of the suffering? The nature of the suffering, not the cause of the suffering. I feel a bit idiot like this, no? <laughs> the nature of the suffering? Do you know? Do you know its nature? No, this is the cause of the suffering, not the nature of the suffering. No, no, cause, cause, cause. No cause, no cause. Sorry? No. 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 All these are causes of the suffering. <laughs> the nature of the suffering is light. Light. Its essence is emptiness. Buddha said, either happiness or suffering comes from emptiness. Why this is possible? One day I think mm, this red jacket really suits me. And the day after, I think exactly the opposite. So I want a green jacket. It's because the thoughts are completely, I just heard that, impermanent, not permanent. Everything changes like this all the time. Oh, yeah. All the time. Everything just evolves. Nothing, nothing is fixed. Nothing is just here. Everything just passes. So, happiness cannot exist in itself. Suffering cannot exist in itself. This means that if we cannot see correctly the real nature of the mind, half ordinary, half ultimate, then we are trapped in what the Buddha said, this is the illusion of the reality. This is really important. This is the, the core heart of the meditation. If you keep this in mind, you know, you won't ever think there is a good meditation or a bad meditation.
good and bad meditation. This doesn't exist. It's just judgmental. It's just a judgment we put on concepts. It's just concepts of the reality. The meditation is to go straight to the point. It's to reach the point that is just here and now. When you reach that point, then appearances just <coughs> fade and light just arises. Inner light. With this light, there is also extreme mm, important, incredible qualities of the mind. Joy, bliss, love, compassion, and then equanimity. All these are the qualities of the real nature of the mind, the ultimate nature of the mind. Of course, when you reach that point, when you just realize this real nature of the mind, what happens is that all these qualities just arise. So suffering is fading. Suffering is just vanishing, just disappearing. Why? Because we don't think anymore about the suffering. If we don't think anymore about the suffering, then the suffering doesn't exist. The meditation is not how we have to think the reality. The, the meditation is we just live the reality. And there is a really important Dzogchen topic that is say the reality as it is. Nothing more, nothing less. If we can correctly concentrate on this nature of the mind, then we do not have to do effort. We can just go, stay on the point, remain on that point. Everything happens. I can hear you, well, it's not so simple. I know. No, it's not so simple because we have all, everybody, we have all karmic tendencies. Our karmic tendencies are just roots to everything. Mm, it's something that is almost immediate. I see the ball, I know it's a ball. I see the wooden floor, I know it's the wooden floor. You know, it's almost like this. This is karmic tendencies. This is projection on the nature of the reality. So, how can we just, you know, overcome all these karmic tendencies? Do you have any idea? Sleeping. No. Meditating, of course. So when, when we meditate, what happens? If we have karmic tendencies, the Buddha said, from meaningless time. If we have karmic tendencies, and if we use meditation, there is one thing that meditation brings. In order to walk onto these karmic tendencies. Do you know? Do you know what is that? Awareness, yeah. Awareness. Yeah. And what awareness brings? Space inside. Uh-huh. If we are not stuck anymore onto our judgments if we open up the space, open up to the space, which is the, the real nature as well of the mind, 
what happens detachment acceptance yeah <laughs> but accord according to the karmic tendencies what happens exactly they just purified they when you open up to this space then the karmic tendencies just dissolve why because we are not focusing onto the object the ball and on the name the ball and on its shape on its color etc when we open up we see not anymore a ball we see space we just experience space then we recognize that this ball is not a ball it's the nature of our mind yes no maybe bless you okay then meditation is about this not seeing the ball anymore not focusing onto the ball anymore opening up our space opening up our reality and then being connected to this ultimate nature of the mind which is okay light inner light then emptiness then Nirvana, yeah, you can call it Nirvana. Then there is one thing also that is really important in this in this process. We talk about emptiness and clear light. Light is not just light. Light is clear. Clearness. What is this clearness of the light? What is it about? perfect purity purity in its sense of um, as well emptiness it's an empty light it's not a material light this empty light means that all these appearances are illusory as well as our thoughts our emotions, our sensations, the name and the form, all the aggregates that compose all the phenomena. Then, if it's like this, and Buddha said, said so, if it's like this, there is nothing that is negative nor positive it's just the reality no thing to be afraid of because Buddha said there is these two sides of the reality samsara and nirvana samsara is the realm of the suffering because we think we judge we develop concepts about suffering and on the other side there is nirvana nirvana is the absence of concepts it's not there is nothing okay it's not like samsara oh okay there is suffering nirvana there is nothing no 
Or we can say also, Nirvana, there is everything. No. Buddha said, Nirvana is the true nature of the reality. What means the true nature of the reality? Emptiness and clear light. There is one really great master uh, of the 14th century in Tibet, which name was Longchenpa. He said, we are not this body. We are coming from the stars. He wasn't talking about UFO. He was just talking about the real nature of the reality, the real nat nature so of the universe. We are part of this universe. And as we are part of this universe, we are also this universe. Why? Because if the mind is at the source of everything that arises from the mind, from itself, it means that everything can be the mind. Which means that when you meditate, you open up slowly, 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 slowly your vision of the reality. Like this. I'm sorry, it's because of the microphone. So we just open, 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 open everything. And then one day, we truly realize the real nature of the mind, which is space. Space is emptiness. And we truly see the real activity of the mind, which is clear light. So in fact, we reverse the process. We just start from the appearances. They are not bad no good. They are just like this. Then from the appearances we go deeper to this clear light. And then when we reach that point we have the chance, we have the opportunity to see the real nature, the real essence of the reality which is emptiness. So in the Tibetan tradition, we are talking about two kinds of emptinesses. Emptiness of the self, me, myself, and emptiness of the phenomena. If me, myself, is empty, it means that I am at the origin of the phenomena because I am the one who can determine, who can see, who can experience the phenomena. So if me, myself, is empty, meaning that if my nature is emptiness, then the nature of, of everything I see, I experience, is also empty. It doesn't mean it doesn't exist. No. This is what the Buddha called a wrong view of the reality. It just means that we don't know the real nature. We cannot see the real nature because we don't know how to see emptiness. Something empty is empty. It's really, really hard to see if it's empty. I'm a bit lost now. The only chance we have to see this reality is for us through clear light. Because clear light is empty light. Light of the emptiness. So the only way we can reach that point is meditating is meditating on that space and clear light. How we do that? 
first of all, calm abiding state. If we are all the time, you know, blah 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 blah, I love, I hate, I hate, I love. If everything pops up all the time in the mind, then we can just see the appearances. It's not negative. It's just we are busy all the time. So it's really difficult to see what is just here, you know, beyond all this. Then, with the calm abiding state, we develop something else, what we call in, in Tibetan, Saktong. Saktong is the correct way to see the nature of the, the, the mind. We analyze, not with the mental process, but directly with the meditation, we analyze what the mind is. In Sanskrit, it's called shamatha, vipassana. And these two have to work together. Calm abiding state, then we can see directly what is there, really. Emptiness, clear light. Bliss, joy, love, compassion, equanimity, etc., etc., etc. When we do that, then there is no mistake anymore. We can see our real nature directly. And then we can realize that almost all our problems, almost all our suffering, comes from the grasping effect of the mind. The grasping effect is that me, myself, I am this body. This is my ball. This is my dress. This is my, my, my. We grasp all the time. And this is the real source, the real mm, base for the suffering, which is completely illusory. Because almost nobody thinks about that. You will see, this is really interesting. Our body, usually, the representation we have is just in front, never the back. We almost never think about the back of our body. How is this possible? We have a back. I mean, I have. Do you? We almost never think about, I don't know, really, really small, tiny things we have in here. I mean, we just walk, but... We never think about all these details of our body. And it's our body. So it means that all these are projections all the time. We project our world. We project all the time our universe. The only way to get to the ultimate point of the nature of the mind is just forget all this the back the front whatever we just go to the point and then we see we experience what is really here and now this is really important when we meditate we are not meditating we shouldn't meditate to be better to be a better human being. It comes automatically. Don't be afraid. Because when you correctly meditate, then the all the qualities of the nature of the mind just arise. That's it. We are meditating to try to see what is the reality why we are here and why finally because this is the big question mark why finally we have to leave
Okay, I think it's time. I will end by another chant. Okay, just to uh, just to uh, calm down the mind, and then we will have a few questions. About ten minutes, is it? I don't know. I'm not the one in charge here, so I don't know. I don't know.
Okay, let's go for five minutes question. If you ask. If you ask. Very good question. Do you have 10 days? <laughs> Buddha said that the consciousness dissolves. When you reach the time of death, there is all the elements that constitute the, the body um, and all the appearances that just dissolve. We say that the, uh, the five senses consciousness dissolve first, then the mental consciousness. Then they reach a deeper point, what is called the hidden consciousness. It's a, consci it's, it's a, a particular type of consciousness, or it's a deeper type of consciousness, that is only time aware about the center and, the, and everything else. I'm not talking about me, myself, which is already, you know, the mental consciousness. I am thinking me as the center of the reality. Now, this consciousness is the nature of the center and everything else. And then when this consciousness dissolves, then it reaches the deepest level of the consciousness, which is the Alaya Vijnana. The, the ground of all consciousness. The ground of all is the bed of all your, all our karmic tendencies. All the acts, thoughts, talks you ever, ever, ever did in the past. So this level of consciousness still remains. It's this consciousness that will take rebirth after periods um, and will lead a new life somewhere. So in, in Tibetan Buddhism we are talking about the six realms of the beings. So you take rebirth in one of the six realms. So when you take birth, all this process just Again, the ground of all consciousness will lead to the hidden consciousness. This one will create the mental consciousness. And then, in the end, there will be the five senses consciousness. And it's all the time like this. All the time. All the time. This is what samsara is about. It's the never-ending circle. Arising, dissolving. Arising, dissolving. All the time. Breathing in, breathing out. Whenever we breathe in, there is this process that, that is just developing. When we breathe out, there is all the dissolving process that just takes part. So 
meditative walk, meditative duty, is to recognize each instant. Because in one instant, there is this process that is present all the time. If you control this during your lifetime, then when death will come, you will control it. This is why we meditate. When we dream, you know, when we sleep, it's the same process. Some consciousness just dissolves, and then there is the dream that arises. If you can, as well, control the dream state, you will control the state of death. It can be simple when you say like this, but we need, we all need a lot of training to reach that point. But never forget that Buddha never practiced to be well, never practiced to feel better in his daily life. He said, we just cannot be better in samsara. It's just not possible. To be better is to reach nirvana. So we have to control this consciousness process. Yeah, welcome. Another one? I think just one. I'm sorry. Yes? I'm not quite sure how to phrase it, but you work with healing, mm -hmm. with healing people. So how does that work in terms of, it seems as if you heal somebody, you're offering them a gift. You have, you have 20 days? Yeah. Ready? <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, in our tradition, we use what I called the loom, the wings, the energy. This energy is like the chi. You know chi? You know? Tai Chi Chuan, same. So it's this, uh, it's the prana in Sanskrit. It's the life energy. The life energy is ultimately the clear light. So in our tradition, we go through steps to reach that level. We can control this energy. We are not controlling this energy to fry an egg. You know, there is pen for that, it's okay. We are controlling this energy to reach enlightenment. This is the main goal. And actually there is no other goal. This is, this is the main point of the practice. But there is side effect. You can use this energy to help beings to help sentient beings. If you can help them, then they can help other sentient beings. And this can spread. You know, ignorance spreads, but enlightenment can spread as well. So we use usually this healing process as a skillful mean to try to help being um, to feel or be better, okay, in an ordinary way, but for them to have the opportunity to practice something else. You can call it dharma, you can call it, you know, truth, reality, whatever. But uh, Buddha said that we have this precious human existence. It's really, really rare. It almost never happened. So when we reach, when we have the good karma, when we have the necessary karma to obtain this precious human existence, then we shouldn't waste it. And it's in this way we use the healing process to help a being to just remain more and to have the opportunity maybe to reach enlightenment or at least to control this consciousness process. 
So what we use is uh, this energy. With, with the visualization, like the one we, we did, we orientate this energy. And then we work with the uh, central channel, the central wind channels, and with what uh, almost everybody now call chakra, the wheel. Chakra in Sanskrit means wheel. Um, it's places in the body that um, that is a node, in fact, of these channels. These channels entangle and create the chakra. So, in this process, we work to make everything pure. <laughs> to um, to just make all this energy flows without any obstacles. If there is any obstacles, they are thoughts, they are emotions, disturbing emotions, they are sensations, and so on, and so on, and so on. This means that this work will be not on this aspect of the body, but on the subtle <coughs> aspect of the body. And it's exactly this subtle aspect of the body what we use in this healing process. Uh, now, if your question is how can I heal like this, then you will need 10 years at least to uh, practice. It's a long process and it's a really complicated process. Well, <laughs> so it was a really great pleasure to be with you tonight and I really hope to see you one day, I don't know, maybe this weekend if you are not uh, going somewhere. Uh, just feel free to, to come and uh, then you will you will have the opportunity to, to just ask more, more and more questions. Um, if not, I'm sure I, I will come again soon. Uh, let me finish my uh, dedication. I want uh, to dedicate these teachings to the wealth of all the sentient beings. That all the sentient beings can reach one day, like Elias, the enlightened. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.